Hold up, say what? Say what? What's wrong with all these haters? They lying, they lying. And I'm a gun, I'm saying. I'm trying to put my partners on. We always gonna be first. A team of all-stars like there's diamonds on my T-shirt. Look at all these haters' faces. Boy, all they hurt. We winning everything earned. Nothing given to us. Repeat champions want to win. Then you got to go through us. Non-debatable, so don't talk to us. Woo. First take, every word, great. Direct and produce verse. Check out that word, play. ESPN First Take is presented by Bass Pro Shops. Welcome to First Take, a.k.a. Talking Giants, presented by John Boy Media. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. Justin, we have a lot of to get to. You would think during this quarantine, during nothing going on, we would ha- wouldn't have a lot to get to, but we have a lot. We have the schedule. We've got Cooper Rush. We got the defensive undrafted free agents. We got giant stories. I mean, this is this is a jam-packed show. How are you doing though? Jam-packed shows, a lot of pressure. A lot of pressure with jam-packed shows because that means I need to be on my tip-top game and my tip-top shape. I'm doing well though. The schedule, I said this earlier in the week, the schedule and the schedule being released, it's just one of those things. I I'm sniffing football, Bobby. It's getting a little bit closer and I know there's un- there's unforeseen circumstances ahead. I'm not going to analyze that. We're not going to analyze that in any kind of shape or form or way. But as a regular season ticket holder, you know, seeing how I'm going to be mapping out my Sundays and basically seeing how I'm going to be mapping out my week with like, oh, I'm going to be prepping and I'm going to be buying burgers. I'm going to ask this friend to go with me on this Sunday, this friend to go with me on that Sunday. So the schedule, it means a lot. Schedule coming out means a lot to me, particularly as a guy who's uh, who's going to these games. So I will see all of you there. I'm doing meetups. I, I, you know, I feel like I'm at a point this year entering Talking Giants and John Boy Media that I actually feel like we can do some formal meetups. So let's do it. If you're going to be going, let me know. We're going. It's going to be VIP only. VIP only. You have to do something savage to get into whatever meetup we're doing. Yeah, so let's go through some of the schedule stuff. I'm in a better mood. I was very, I was very aggravated all day, but I'm feeling in a better mood today. Or as we, as we record, do you want to start with Week One? Even though I didn't want to do the negative. Now, I think it's cool that we're playing the Steelers on prime time. I think that's a cool matchup against two very, you know, prestigious uh, franchises. But I will say it's kind of sucked not having opening day on Sunday. Like there's, there's just an atmosphere about that. Now, don't get me wrong. I'll be, I'll be hyped up all Monday night. But it's just something about that first Sunday, man, that, you know, waking up to go get your coffee that morning, you know, the Saturday night before. And it's like, we won't have that. So, I mean, I like being on primetime and I like playing against a, a cool team and not having to play against Dallas. But I, I'll be I'll start off with, the you know, the, a little bit of the negative and it'll go positive from there. Um, I wish we were playing on Sunday. We're going to be scared bleepless on Sunday, trying to get through that day in some kind of way. We're we're gonna be nervous as hell. I know we're I know some of you are like Justin. What are you talking about? Football is football, but I mean it's different when okay maybe it's week five or whether it's week eight. You know we're playing Tampa Bay on Monday night, and then you know we just have to get through a Sunday. But the first game of the year, like just the nerves that are still that are attached with it, it's gonna be unbelievable trying to just get through that Sunday. Now I will say this. I'm with you in terms of like being apprehensive of the excitement about just the timing of it, especially as, again, as a regular season ticket holder and having a, a primetime night game, but also NFL. What do you, what you didn't have like any other good matchup to put Monday night? Like this has, this game has the potential to kind of be a snooze fest on the offensive side of the ball, hey, especially we're gonna considering. Up, 
Early prediction, Giants 77, Steelers 0. So, yeah, maybe it'll be a little boring, but there's going to be points. <laughs> I don't know. We won't be going game by game here, but it has the potential to be a little bit of a snooze fest. Um, so that's that's my that's my take, Bobby Skinner. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Let's not let's let's not get too negative. All right. So we don't like you said, we don't want to go through the schedule for real. All right. So here's something I'm excited about, Justin. And me and you talked about this. I was not planning on going to the Browns game. I thought the Browns game would be earlier in the year, just because when you have that kind of reunion of Odell, you know, Baker Mayfield talking his trash about Daniel Jones, like it's it's a big matchup for the NFL. You would think they'd put that earlier in the year to, you know not risk having injuries or anything. So I told you, I was like every year, cause I don't, you know, I'm, I'm down in Florida and I'm not going to go to a ton of games every year. I will go to the Dece- a December home game. And it's then they put Cleveland in that December home game and boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to New York, New Jersey to face Cleveland. And I will harass Baker Mayfield. I might even harass Odell a little bit. It's going to be glorious, Justin. It's going to be it's going to be war. I don't care what the records are. Throw out the record books. That game is going to be fun. I don't care how much tickets cost. I'm going to whoop your ass, Baker Mayfield. <laughs> I will whoop his ass. I'm going to follow him. I'm going to find out where that hotel is. It's actually crazy how this worked because the Miami game was week 15 this year. Or last year. Yeah, my that's my plan was to go to like you know the the first home game of December every year, and what I like about Week 15 now this kind of contradicts what happens with Cleveland. It's like you know what, if we're winning, it's going to be fun, it's going to be intense, and if we're losing, I don't have to worry about anything. I just enjoy the game. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like as yeah. just as a whole, not individually in the game. Now I will say things do work out for me, man. It's like you know, like I said, all things come up. Bobby Skinner, you know, Cam Smith on the last show. Uh, you know, making a guy that we signed fumble twice. And then last year, I planned going to that Miami game months in advance, and it ends up being Eli's last game. I get to witness his farewell. I got to witness Tom Coughlin's last win back uh, in 2012 in Miami. 2012 or 2015. And now I get to go see my arch nemesis, Baker Mayfield. I mean, all things are coming up Bobby Skinner, man. I love it. I'm the best. No, I'm the best. That's my response to you. I cannot stand <laughs> Baker Mayfield. I mean, we had when he had that GQ article, and please do not come at me with like the O's out of context. Get out of here with that crap. He said what he said. I mean, I couldn't stand him. And that's when we we pushed up the Daniel Jones PPP and and did like half Baker Mayfield just trashing him. I can't wait. I am gonna talk so much trash to him. I'm gonna spend however much money to make sure I am close to Baker Mayfield in that game. That whole weekend is going to be a win-win for you because, like you said, either we win and you would just enjoy yourself or we lose. Even if we get the crap beat out of us, then you're just going to spend the entire time harassing oh, no. Baker Mayfield and your hatred is only going to grow more. If we're getting dominated, it will be a miserable time there. It will be miserable. And you know, you'll get all these Odell quotes. It will be miserable. We That, that is the must-win of our schedule. We could go 1-15 and win that game. I don't mean that, but... You know what I'm saying. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Giants Twitter is going to have to do a lot of humbling themselves. <laughs> oh, my God. Happens. It'll be brutal. <laughs> Monday Night Football versus the Bucks will be cool. You know, seems like we're always in these, you know, big time, uh, you know, nighttime games with Tom Brady. You know, last year, Thursday Night Football, you know, the Super Bowls and, you know, Saturday night, the 16-0 and year. So that'll that, that'll be fun. It's I, th- I think we will. Game. It's always fun we're to go play it. against Tom Brady. It really is. It's just, it, it feels different. 
Like even last year with Eli on the bench and a Thursday night football and all our guys hurt, it just felt like a big game because it's like we're going up against the Tom Brady and the Patriots. We're gonna win that game. I I was like, Justin, I you feel this, but don't say it. Don't tweet it. But you know what? If I tweet it, it could show up like in a receipts and old takes exposed, and people don't do that for podcasts. So you want to know what? I'm saying it on air. I feel very we confident we're gonna win that football. My game. other note from the schedule, and then that'll be it for me. Week one, TJ Watt. Week two, Khalil Mack. Week three, Nick Bosa. Week five, Demarcus Lawrence. And week six, Chase Young. Andrew Thomas, get ready, my man. Get ready. And you know what? For the whole Nate Soldier argument, maybe he does bounce back. But you're telling me he's going to be good against those guys? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Not on the left side. Not on the left side. Not on the left side. <laughs> so even if he's – I'd rather have him face them on the right side. We'll see. I don't know. I'm not going to get into where guys line up, and I'm not even going to go looking to see where these guys line up, even though I do think Watt and DeMarcus – I know DeMarcus Lawrence lines up on the right side. And uh, someone, Yeah, I was, that's what I was going to th- tell you. But you know what? Mike Remmers did a pretty good job week one against the Cowboys last year. He did. Um, TJ Watt. So bas- basically what I'm saying is we have some defensive ends that we are facing to start the season. Yeah, you. Uh, <laughs> the ironic part of this whole – Solder debate, solder conversation, Andrew Thomas, left tackle, right tackle. The whole ironic part of this whole thing is, is if you have these teams strategically game planning, putting their best edge rushers on Nate Solder. And that'll be a little bit of like a a hint (laughs) if teams are actually doing that as to number one, what we should think of Andrew Thomas. And then number two, what kind of we should think about Solder. And it's going to be funny if we look back on these tweets in this offseason about some people's opinions. But that's that. We'll see how it plays out. It's going to be exciting. I kind of do hope that Andrew Thomas does kind of face some good competition. Maybe I don't want him facing all these uh all these old pro players back to back. Bobby, the, I don't really know if that would be great. That's preferred. But like, why not? Let him let him go out there, have some good games. Let him have uh, go out there, have some good moments. That would be quite a start to your NFL career if you can go out and you can have some solid performances against those guys. Oof. You would shut up. Uh, not that there's a lot of critics, but you would shut up a lot of people, and you would get a lot of people on board with that pick. Yeah. But if he struggles like one game, you know it's going to be the Ugh. the sky will fall. Chaos. For Giants fans. Chaos. Eric um, Flowers tw- it, Eric Flowers takes. It'll be so aggravating, and I will be trying to explain to people, like, listen, cal- calm down, relax. And it's just – it'll be the last year all over again. I don't want to do that. So just just go out there and win, damn it, Andrew Thomas. Justin, you have any other takes on the regular season before we give ourselves uh, a 16-game prediction? Oh, gosh. Are we, are we really doing that? Uh, really quickly, um, I was – if you were a listener of Bleeding Blue last year throughout the summer – I was a big, big fan of talking about looking at the first four weeks of the 2019 season because they were all pretty much winnable football games, maybe besides week one in Dallas. But, you, you know, the Giants had an opportunity to go like three and one or at least two and two um, out of those four games, out of those first four games, you know, when facing the Bills, the Bucks, and then Washington with those, you know, speaks two, three, and four respectively. So, I'm looking at weeks one, two, and three this year as an opportunity. Because even last year's schedule was a little tough. We're kind of looking at it as a whole, and we're like, ooh, last year's schedule was a little tough. You know, we're facing a lot of tough opponents, and the Giants, you know, what we want out of the Giants, Bobby. Like, this is all that I want. What I want this year is to talk about the Giants in the middle of October and in, like, the beginning of November, maybe even the middle of November, as a relevant football team. Justin, that, we had that last that, year. Green Bay, run the table. There was I, I went and looked oh at my gosh. old tweets to figure I was looking up schedule to see my tweets from last year, and that one popped up. It was very 
you know, when we play Green Bay, we had a chance at the playoffs. Hashtag run the table. Gosh, but I, I think most people, <laughs> if you're listening, you, you understand what I mean. We want a relevant New York football giant team when we're getting into the month of October and when we're getting into the month of November where we're not just looking forward to the NFL draft or how about we fire this head coach next? <laughs> you know, I don't uh, want that conversation. Not, no. <laughs> I don't want that. So looking at the first three games, what they have in common, and Anthony Tomano brought this up in a Periscope stream, but I'm going to twist it to have to, to be my own take as well. Those three teams, they have a lot in common. And what they have in common is that they're really trending towards being kind of run-first team. We obviously already know that the 49ers are a run-first team. We know this. But the Bears with you know inconsistent quarterback play, who knows what's going to be going on with Trubisky and whoever else they have in town, especially if they maybe lose week one and whatever happens during camp uh, over in Chicago, we don't know. And also Pittsburgh with, you know, we don't know what's going on with Big Ben. They're kind of trending towards being a more run-first team, you would think, you would hope, at least for, for the Giants. And the Giants' strength strengths right now is really like their, their front seven when it comes to their defensive line. And Leonard Williams, I'm telling you right now, we've been a podcast that has defended Leonard Williams as a player. We've, we've criticized the trade, and we've been fair about that. But Leonard Williams is a very good football player for this Giants team. He is the single most important player on this defense through weeks one through three because he has the ability to change these games by his pressure in the interior, but also his ability to make everybody else around him better when it comes to stuffing and stopping the run. So... The Giants on the defensive side of the ball, it's going to be tough because, I mean, we're also facing three very tough defenses to start out the season, which that's very difficult. But Giants defensively, they can kind of compete with these offenses and their strengths because their strength is their ability to stop the run and their big guys on the interior defensive line. Man, I love that analysis that we're, we're just diving deep into it. And by the way, and Leonard Williams isn't the most important. DeAndre Baker is the most important to start the season. So, uh, so you know, can you just let me have my run defense nope. take and then just let me run nope. with it? Okay, nope. I needed to have a sports radio take. Nope, nope, <laughs> nope. That was too much analysis for this for me. All right, predictions for me. I looked at the schedule, kind of combed through it, and I just and I, I thought about it to myself, and I was like, you know what, Bobby, you're a winner. You're not a loser, and I refuse to ever predict to lose. Because that's what losers do. Winners win, losers lose. 16 and 0, 3, and then 19 and 0 playoffs. Probably go undefeated in the, in the preseason again. 23 and 0, baby. Oh, this is one of the days that I was not looking forward to as the co-host of this podcast. Because I don't, I don't do that. I don't do the whole 16 and 0. It's thing. all right. I mean, not everyone's a winner, you know. <laughs> I know, you know, you have told me before that I'm not really an, an upside guy, and this is one of those examples of me not being an upside guy. However, I have gone on record and I've said that I'm the best. So, I mean, that's unfortunate for me. But Bobby, when I what I like to do is even before a schedule comes out, I just like to look at the roster as a whole. And when I see this roster, I see this roster as a seven win team. I see it as a seven win team, and I see it with upside that goes from there. I have faith. I have hope. I have faith that the guys that we need to step up, especially, you know, cough, cough, the most important position in sports, Daniel Jones is going to take that second-year jump like we've seen from Russell Wilson, like we've seen from Carson Wentz, like we've seen from guys like Jared Goff. I believe we're going to see that second-year jump, and that'll hopefully put this team on a line of success for a long time. So it's kind of resting on his shoulders, kind of like DeAndre, and also DeAndre Baker as well, kind of like you mentioned. But 
Bobby, I see a seven-win roster, and I have faith in that. All right, loser. Preseason, uh, week one at Jets, <laughs> week two at Tennessee, week three versus Green Bay. So we'll get to see Jordan Love. That'll be interesting. Um, and then yep. week four versus New England. Uh, the only thing – well, we got the MetLife Bowl week one again. I'm fr- I little. I'm a little bit frustrated that we're not playing Buffalo because they were co-preseason champs last year at 4-0 as well. And I really wanted to like settle that to you know really figure out who the preseason champ is. But you know what? We'll just we'll have to go undefeated again this year. This is why we need relevant football in October and November because the fact that you take being preseason champs so seriously, Bobby Skinner, that just lets winner. you know that we do need relevant football later in the year. You play to win the game. Okay, I don't play preseason <laughs> games do, to lose. I, I play them to win. I like having the third preseason game at home. Final point. There you go. Okay. Yeah. I bet you <laughs> en- I bet you enjoy losing it too, loser. All right. Speaking wow. of losers, Cooper Rush. We <laughs> we signed we claimed Cooper Rush, who was released by the Cowboys after they signed Ann Dalton. We cut Reggie White, who was a Giants favorite just because he's kind of a hometown kid and his family was lit in the stands during the preseason. I was with him. David Powis and I, we were with him. I remember in the same section. I remember. It's awesome. I remember. Reggie. Reggie White, the great, the a really good uh, pass rusher and, you know, a decent wide receiver when you need him in the preseason. <laughs> War number 13, yeah. too. That really pissed a lot of people off when he was wearing number 13 during rookie camp last year. Quick thoughts. Not going to get too deep into this. This points to us holding having three QBs. Okay. And now I, I'm a two QB on the roster kind of guy. I really am. But this does point because Colt McCoy is here to play and here to stay. Mm-hmm. Or not here to play. He's here to stay. I don't know. What's the point of bringing in Cooper Rush if you don't plan on keeping him on the roster? It probably means Alex Tanney is gone, which stinks. Alex Tanney, by the way, hit us up. I have a business proposition for you uh, if you're listening. He's not very active on social media, so it's hard to get a hold of him. So it might it means the end of Alex Tanney, which it shouldn't mean anything to me, but it does make – like when Alex Tanney is cut and gone, it will be like – for some reason, I guess it's because he's been here a little while and he's you know had those preseason moments. It will be a tiny bit sad for me for some reason. I have no idea why. I don't know if it's because like he was like the middleman between Daniel Jones' rookie year and Eli Manning's last year. I don't know. For just for some reason, I just like Alex Tanny. And I was calling to cut him at the end of the at, at the fifty three man cut last year. I was freaking out like saying we need to cut him. Yeah, you were you were you were all for. I mean, everybody was, but everybody was for Luletta. Well, I was like, if you're going to keep three, you might as well just keep the guy who's young. Um, but, yeah. you know, Alex Taney, uh, the things you can't measure is what that guy brought to the what classroom. What do you know? Brought, brought to, he brought so much to the classroom. Unbelievable. Um, <laughs> I'm still laughing at your whole <laughs> – speaking of losers, that was so funny. <laughs> I've also just – for some reason, I found, like, everything to be funny today. Like, I, I've laughed at, yeah, like, well, I didn't. five of my jokes today. Uh, I'm I'm just so funny. I had a tweet about a shark, um, so that was really funny. Was it? It it really it really was. I had the visual of me chasing around a shark with a saw nose, and I had a like a, a picture of me chasing you, David, and Snacks all around. If I'm not allowed yeah. to go to Giants games, well, this year. you're not going to be chasing fun... me. I'm gonna just hit you with a left hook. You come at me with a shark, and I'm and I'm gonna beat up the shark too, and and Baker Mayfield. Well, the shark's gonna be out of water. Ooh, good time to play this again. I'm gonna whoop your ass, Baker Mayfield. <laughs> All right, yeah, no, Cooper Rush. Hey, um, he actually looks a lot like Jason Garrett, uh, and I pre- and I like had this feeling that Jason Garrett might call him Coop, and then the next day, 
I actually looked online, and with the help of a, another Giants page on Instagram, he's like, you know, he actually does call him Coop. And I was like, really? So I looked it up, and yes, Jason Garrett does call him Coop. So my my inkling was correct. That's all I have to say. All right, well, welcome to the Giants, Coop. Striking so much fear into NFC East DBs when, when we made that signing. All right, Justin, we'd have to do the defensive undrafted free agents. We thought that would be the focal point of this episode. But before that, Giant Stories, it's back, and it's got a name. Giant Stories is the official name. You guys voted, and it was anonymous. I appreciate an honest vote. Hashtag uh, vote for Jay. So that was cool. Justin, are you ready to cue the music? Yes. All right, we got some new guys on the list because we got rookies. And you know what? Rookies bring bad judgment. So we're going to have some good Instagram stories for the next few months, boys and girls. Carter Coughlin was fishing and scurfing, which is a pretty cool, fun activity. RJ McIntosh was fishing. I put that on the list a few times. John Halapio had a wagon full of coconuts. Marcus Golden celebrating uh, his son's fifth birthday. Did I put those two guys on the list? Are they on the team? No. But are they probably going to be? Yes. So they're on the team until they're not on the team. BJ Hill had a barbecue. Sandro Platzkummer was having was playing ping pong in the mountains of Austria. Leonard Williams was playing with big lizards and was on an ocean kayak. Blake Martinez was riding around in his dune buggy. And Golden Tate brought back the pranks on his wife. He put a fake cockroach in a glass for his wife. Justin, uh, what piques your interest on the return of Giant Stories? Okay, there's a there's a few things. Few things. Carter Coughlin, RJ McIntosh, both fishing. I'm a big fan of fishing. Fishing is one of those things that I love, but I never do. I like have this like uh, affliction, affl- affliction. That's the word. I have this love for it. Never do it. Never have. It's not that I never have the time. But anyway, who had the wagon full of coconuts? John Halapio. He lives down in Florida, and I guess they they had a coconut tree, you know, co- a coconut palm, and they just had them filled up with, with coconuts. I do that too. Some of my customers they have coconuts, and they give them to me, and I bring them home, put them in the fridge for a day, and then I take my drill and drill a hole in it, and then let it leak out into a mason jar. Some real like, like, good old boy stuff right there. No rabble rousing present there, uh, Sandro playing ping pong in the mountains. I feel like that had to be an amazing like picture, just an amazing scene. It is. You got to follow him on Instagram. So he lives in the mountains of Austria. And so they had like an outside ping pong table. So it wasn't like they like, like hiked up to the mountains with their ping pong table. So maybe that was a little misleading on my part. What was the temperature? Is it, is it like really cold? Hold on. Uh, not to like put you on the spot. If you don't know, it's fine. But I can I mean, imagine. Like, I can admit when I don't know. That's why I am here. I'm gonna ask up. Siri. Forty-eight degrees Fahrenheit in Vienna. All right, sausage, so that's, Austria. That's not that bad. Maybe there's a wind chill. Maybe there's a little bit of wind chill. But I'm yeah. sure forty-eight degrees. That's probably like eighty degrees around here. So good. I, I will follow Sandro on on Instagram just so I can get the the beautiful scenic views that he that he lives in the mountains with. And also, Golden Tate is such is such a jokester. He really is. He really is. He thinks he's so funny. 
Blake Martinez has a dune buggy. I want a freaking dune buggy. Let's hang out, Blake. Him and him and Darius Slayton is the two I want to hang out with. Like Blake, I don't know if I'd get along with him great, but I would love just riding that dune buggy around and flipping it over. It's also amazing, like what you. I'm thinking about his home gym, and I'm thinking about like. Oh, we're gonna do the home gym you know. story again. No, I'm not gonna do the home gym story. But I can't wait till we, when like, we have what? him on. We're gonna ask him like, "Hey, dude, how how did you build your home gym?" And he could tell the story for the twentieth time that him and his dad built it. Well, I think he like built it with his father. I think isn't that you the think? story that's been told seventy times? Yeah, you think? Yeah, that's the story we've been that's been written a million times since he was signed. All right. Well, my whole point is is that I'm thinking about oh, but it's like the beauties of being rich. But at the same time, it's like no, it's like amazing what you can do. If you can build things like with your own hands and do things yourselves, it's amazing how cheap sometimes things can be. So there you go. That's my that's my Blake Martinez uh, home gym take. Yeah, I mean, he I don't think I had one. He didn't yet. build the Doom buggy though, so I mean, he just bought that. Yeah, I want a Doom buggy because he saved the money on his home gym. He had the, enough buddy money to buy the Doom buggy. There you go. Well, we just gave him a three year, thirty million dollar contract. All right, and he's Stanford, so you know he's got some kind of education or. Whatever, something dumb like that. Uh, <laughs> all right, Carter Coffin with scurfing, which is a is a fun activity. Um, I'm not really good at it, but it is fun. All right, Justin. You said he was fishing and scurfing. Oh, yeah, he was on a lake though. Cool. So I don't know, like, whatever. All right, let's let's uh, take a break and let's hit the undrafted free agents on the defensive side. Come on, pay attention in there. Let's go. We got a beautiful day. Work. Play fast. Play fast. Whoa. Ah. All right, let's look at some of the defensive undrafted free agents. And when I say some of them, I mean all of them, all seven of these cats. Justin, I figured we start with the guy who I think has the best chance to make the roster from these guys. Out of UNC, outside linebacker Dominique Ross, who's six foot four, 228 pounds. Are these guys' heights going to be inflated because they didn't go to the combine and get official measurements? Yes. But you know what? We're, we're working with what we've got. So, Justin, you can be wrong today, and I won't, I won't interrupt you. In 2019, in 12 games, he had 60 tackles, six for a loss, two and a half sacks, and an interception. In 2018, eight games, he had 47 tackles, three and a half tackles for a loss, a sack and a half. One on Daniel Jones, which is a theme of this undrafted free agent class. So what is DeMar- De- Dominique Ross? He really is versatile. And I know we kind of, we might overuse that word sometimes, but he really is like he plays on the line of scrimmage as an, as an edge run defender. He plays that as a stack off ball linebacker and he would split out to nickel, which isn't the craziest thing in the world, but nonetheless he would do it. But there was also reps, Justin, where he flat out was playing cornerback on the outside, just flat out at that size. And it was he did a pretty good job of it. Like he's pretty like he's got a better feel for coverage than Cam Brown has. I really do think so. Now, Cam Brown is better in the run game and uh and just like as as far as a playmaker, but nonetheless, he made his own plays. He's like I said, he's very smart. He's technical in the run and the pass. And like I said, he flat out played cornerback. You know what I'm saying? He's decent. He's decent working against offensive tackles. Dominique Ross, I think, out of these guys, now there's a lot of people on this linebacker depth chart, but I think he probably has the best chance to make the roster. Yeah, I agree with you, Bobby. Dominique Ross is my favorite undrafted free agent on the defensive side of the ball. When you're evaluating, especially these guys, and we're evaluating kind of like undrafted guys, offense is kind of easier. In my opinion, it's just easier to say, oh, can a wide receiver make a catch 
Uh, maybe kind of cut an offensive lineman. Does he have a nasty pancake? Does he have a mean streak? Does he have good footwork? You know, linebacker and defensive back, safety, those things are a little bit tougher to evaluate, especially when you have maybe limited film on these guys. But, and the whole point of me bringing this up about, you know, undrafted guys is you want to see something good out of them. <laughs> you want to see at least one thing that kind of like impresses you and wows you in some kind of way. And for Dominic Ross, it's it's his athleticism. He's kind of crazy athletic. He he's fast, Bobby. Remember I said a couple weeks ago how I, I said he's about somebody he's fast, and you said that you liked it. He's not just fast, he's fast. So uh, he can go sideline to sideline, make plays. I like him in space. That's what you kind of want to see out of like a linebacker today. You want to see a guy go from sideline to sideline. He had an awesome game versus Duke this year. I mean, you said that he even sacked Daniel Jones the year before, but he also had an awesome game against Duke this year where he had a tackle for loss, a sack that resulted in a fumble and also an interception. He had five passes deflected in 2018 and five passes deflected in 2019. So I guarantee that comes from a combination of lining up at linebacker and corner, like Bobby said. So, Bobby, I, I I like him. I I really do. He needs to work on his open field tackling a little bit, maybe overall awareness. But for his athleticism alone, I like him more than Tay Crowder. Um, I'm sorry, no, I don't whoa, like him more than whoa, Tay Crowder. Whoa, 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 I, whoa. I'm sorry, How I made a mistake. How I dare like you? him more than TJ. I like him more than TJ Brunson. I do not like him more than Tay Crowder, and it's very close between him and Cam Brown. Yeah. I I like he plays a very similar position to what Cam Brown did at Penn State. Um, Cam Brown has more ability, like more physical ability, I think, you know, one just the size and, you know, he's got some decent speed. I, th- I think Cam Brown, there is more potential there. And that's why we took him in the sixth round instead of an undrafted free agent. But like if Dominique Ross ends up being better than Cam Brown, I don't think it's crazy. And like you said, Brunson, no. Brunson doesn't inspire me at all. I mean, like, we, we going to find the, what guys do well, but Brunson, I just don't see ever ever playing for this team unless there's a lot of injuries in preseason because I, I I don't know I just don't see him being on the team anyways I like I said I like Dominique Ross is the point of this the reasons why we got a little not inspired and not as inspired with TJ Brunson is basically kind of the reasons why we get a little inspired with Dominique Ross because he can flow from sideline to sideline and he's athletic and he can make plays that's what gets ex- excited about Ross and that's kind of what you know, doesn't really get us totally pumped up about a guy like Brunson. Not to totally just crap on him, but Ross is good, and that's and that's his strength, and he, and, he, and he's an exciting guy. Yeah. So let's move on. Another guy, another guy, and I love finding these clips. I don't think anyone cares about him, but I do. Another guy who has a sack on Daniel Levine. We have like five guys on this team who have had a pretty good hit on Daniel Jones. You know, you got Daniel Levine, Dominique Ross, we just talked about Chris Peace. Uh, who has played for Virginia, who we added last year. Dexter Lawrence put a hit on him. I mean, is there anybody else that we're missing that has on that's on this team that's put a hit on Daniel Jones? Nate Solder. Oh, that was mean. That was mean. That was mean. That was really mean. I shouldn't have wow. said Wow. I shouldn't have done that. I hate Daniel. Daniel. I set myself up. Daniel, Daniel, he was actually pretty average this year. So, all right, all right, moving, moving on. Stop it, Bobby. Stop it, you a hole. Daniel Levine from Temple, six foot four, two hundred thirty-five pounds. In two thousand nineteen and twelve games, he had thirty-two tackles, eleven for a loss, and five and a half sacks. In two thousand eighteen, he had eight games played, thirty-one tackles, 
four and a half for a loss, two and a half sacks, one on Daniel Jones in the Independence Ball. But you know what, Dana? It was a covered sack. And people say, ooh, Daniel Jones. I, I posted a clip and people were like, Daniel Jones got to get rid of the ball quicker. It's like, come, my man had six touchdowns that game. And he had some unbelievable throws. Justin, he's long and he's very quick off the ball. One thing you notice about him where you don't see defensive ends is that he doesn't like try and overanalyze plays. Like he just goes upfield and lets and and makes things happen. Uh, he doesn't like stutter around and overthinks things. Um, he's not great with his hands, but nonetheless, he's got he's got some good get off. I think that's the thing that like showed up to me on tape was like he's got a good get off the ball. Yeah, so Bobby, along with his ability to to get off the ball, I watched the game against UNC. He kind of made some good plays in the run game. Uh, definitely is a stand-up edge rusher. He can kind of transition that way uh, for the Giants, especially if maybe he can make some plays during the preseason, during the summer. So uh, I'm rooting for Dana Levine. It's like a it's like a theme. It's like a theme with guys that I maybe don't have much to say with uh, on this podcast. I'm rooting for you, Dana Levine. Uh, happy that we were able to clip you sacking Daniel Jones so we can get some clicks, retweets, and likes since that's exactly uh, that's what we do, Bobby. That's that's our goal on the show is to get likes, uh, retweets, and clicks. Can I can I say something? By the way, that is like part mm. of our goal. We want people to like our stuff, anyways. <laughs> like there's nothing like that is the goal of content. All right, moving on. Safety out of Mississippi State, the second year in a row, Justin, that we get an undrafted free agent Mississippi State safety who plays linebacker as well. Out of Mississippi State, six foot, two hundred pounds. Jaquarius Landrews. Get rid of the L and just make it Andrews, homie. He was a JUCO transfer in 2019. He, in 13 games, he had 77 tackles, which is a lot. A half uh, half of them for a loss and one interception. In 2018, in eight games played and a lot less reps, 21 tackles, four and a half tackles for a loss, and three sacks. So more production in like the playmaker part. Justin, he's a too high safety linebacker hybrid. Like he doesn't, he's not like a, a come down to the box. Like it's either he's playing too high safety, which is to put that into like your head visually. It's like you're running cover two in Madden, or he just comes out and flat out plays linebacker. A lot of times, what they would do with him is they wouldn't like put him in nickel, but they would have him line up over the slot, and then they would do a nickel blitz, and then he would cover the slot receiver. The thing is, is he's not really a willing tackler. Like he doesn't really fight off blocks well, and he like he like I said he misses tackles. So there's some skill there, but if you if let's let's compare it to Mark McLaurin, who was a guy I I liked. I Mark McLaurin was a guy I was very intrigued in with him playing maybe that that money backer spot. He even got some like first team reps when he played in the OTAs, and then then he got hurt, and so we never got to see him. And I think he got cut. But like no, Mark McLaurin, no. Mark McLaurin inspired a lot more out of me than uh, Jaquarius did. You actually took my whole coincidental point about Mark Mark McLaurin. I have that point written down. The reason why I have that point written down is he's on the team. He's still on the team. I'm pretty darn sure he's still on the team. I thought he got cut. Um, Or maybe he did. Did he just get cut after the draft and then I sound like an idiot? I think he was cut after the season. No, I don't. I don't think. I think he's still on the team. I still have that sneaky feeling. So uh, leave us a five-star rating in the Apple Podcast app and tell us if he's on the team or not. I'm looking it up now. (laughs) All right. Um, also, Sean Chandler's on the team. I'm also pretty sure. So I might have also. Oh, just he is on the team. They have him listed as a linebacker. Wow. Welcome back, Mark McLaurin. Let's get you in there. Let's play some linebacker and see what you can do. Welcome back, Mark McLaurin. He intercepted Lamar Jackson three times in Lamar Jackson's last game. Did you know that about Mark McLaurin? I did. You probably didn't. I did not. 
Right. Yeah. It's not, but we're talking about your, we're talking about Landrews right now. Bobby Honestly, Skinner. let's just scrap Landrews and go more. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. I have kind of like a little bit of a take on him. Can I? Can I have that take? Nah, no, in dude, my we're observations. Doing, sorry, man, we're doing Mark McLaurin. No, right, go ahead. I, go ahead. I, here, here's the whole point with Landrews and why he's kind of. You can argue the kind of possibly the most important undrafted free agent on this defensive side that we have because. We don't really have like a formal backup strong safety or free safety. Chandler's there. You know, McLaurin is there. You can even, you know, Bobby's even making the argument that McLaurin could even line line up as linebacker, but we don't really have a formal backup guy. And Landrews, he it, hey, who's to say that he can't come up and he can't improve, you know, some of his open field stuff and he can improve and he can be a, a our backup strong safety or free safety. He did line up as a single high from time to time. I think you I think you mentioned that a little bit. He did alternate a ton between linebacker strong safety. I watched his game versus Texas. He did a good job of being like the last line of defense, but making some diving tackles. I do I do have to say Bobby like his whole tackling form isn't great. He's not a willing tackler, but part of a safety's job is to be like the last line of defense and Landrews was a guy that was the last line of defense from time to time because if he let that if he lets that ball carrier run away, it's 6 points and that's a no-no. Did a solid job as a blitzer. I, he's explosive moving forward. I kind of like him when he's moving forward. Right. Um, didn't see him. Didn't see him a ton when he was moving backwards. Um, but hey, uh, Bobby, like this, the safety spot is probably the most unknown spot right now because we don't really know where Love's going to go. We don't really know where Peppers and McKinney. We don't. You know, all those guys are going to be technically starters. So we don't have like a formal backup at those spots. So Landrews is going to be. He's kind of an important player, even though you know he has his limitations. He may not make the team, but he's an important player. Mark McLaurin, baby, he's going to make the roster. You just watch. You know, now that we're on the the subject, a guy I really liked last year, and he got hurt in rookie camp, which sucked. I think he tore his ACL. Guy I liked that no one really talked about was Nate Harvey out of ECU. Remember the pass rusher? He was a little undersized, but man, he would dip around the edge. I remember I watched him. I watched the Old Dominion versus East Carolina game because O'Shane Zimenez, and he had three sacks in that game. And I remember my tweet exactly was like, O'Shane Zimenez had uh, one and a half sacks in this game, but another giant had double the amount. Let me let me look it up so I can read it exactly. Maybe I'll tweet it. We're gonna look up a tweet that you made like. A year, a year and a half ago? I mean, it's going to be pulled up right now. Giants undrafted free agent Nate Harvey of ECU had three sacks against Old Medellin, but here's a play where he doesn't get a sack, but what is the cause of sack? With one arm. Six foot one, 225, but he plays big. Oh, here it was. O'Shane Zimenez had one and a half sacks in this game, but another future Giant doubled that production, helping this team get a win. Nate Harvey out of ECU worked his inside move to perfection in this game to get three sacks. Unfortunately, we may have to wait until 2020 due to injury, but we're not waiting. We gave up on this guy. What the hell, Joe Judge? All right, this show is getting a little too silly. Let's move on. Let's get serious. You ready to get serious? I've I've been serious, Bobby Skinner. You, then you got on, on your whole Mark McLaurin rant, and it's led to this. Yeah. I'm just looking for like serious tweets. All right, next on the list. Out of Illinois, <laughs> six foot three, 250-pound pa- edge rusher, Oluwale. Batiku? I don't know. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Nonetheless, he transferred out of USC into Illinois in 2019. He had 37 tackles, 9 sacks, and 13 tackles for a loss. Only And in 10 games, he had an ankle injury. Justin, I'll, I'll let you tell the story on the guy. But as a player, 
He's got natural strength and agility. Like you just, you see just the way this guy bumps into people. You can see how strong he is. So he might be the guy who like the potential guy out of all these defensive undrafted free agents. He needs to use his hands. Like he just, he just doesn't use his hands. So he's like, he makes plays. He beats guys inside, but he just doesn't use his hands at all. I call him a, a poor man, a poor man's Jabari Zuniga, the, the, the pass rusher out of Florida. This guy, I don't th- think you put him on the roster right away, but he's someone you can try and hope you you stash on the practice squad. Or if he just balls out in, pra- in preseason, you bring him in as a fourth edge rusher if we don't bring Golden back. Yeah, Bobby, you mentioned his good production that he put up in really his only full season of play, which was this year. He had a sack against Wisconsin. I, I think he's a relentless player. He doesn't really give up on a play. He flips and he switches sides very, very frequently, so that's another plus. He has a solid hand swipe move when rushing from like a wide nine. So I think the hand swipe move he uses, it's it's kind of a lot better where if he has a little bit you know a little bit more uh, steam under his under his pass rush rather than if he's closer to the offensive tackle kind of like going back on his whole story he grew up in Nigeria and he would go to like football camps um he knew football was his calling and it was his passion but he never really understood how the game worked he even mentioned in a video that i was watching like he didn't even know like what down and distance was he's like i didn't know what a first down second down third down was um, but being 6'2 and being 6'3, he saw highlights of wide receivers, and he was like, I, I can do that. Uh, he would send schools his workout videos, his on-field, his on-field uh, drills and videos. And then he left Nigeria. He moved to L.A., went to high school up there, played as a defensive end. He picked USC as a five-star recruit out of high school, had a hip injury his sophomore year, transferred to Illinois, and missed the 2018 season because of eligibility rules, and the rest is history from there. And now he's a New York football giant. Welcome to the Giants, Oluwole. So, yeah, he's a, he's a guy I can't wait to see what he can do in preseason against NFL talent. All right, next on the list, and here's where we start getting to some small school guys. Out of Dartmouth, six foot five, 270-pound defensive end, Nick Lelos. He had 35 tackles last year, five and a half sacks, 10 tackles for a loss, and an interception, a pick six against Princeton. Justin, he's a bull and pull kind of guy. Like he he relies on his bull rush and then and then ripping to the side. He's got pretty good hands. He actually went to the same high school as LeBron James. Did you know that? St. Mary, St. Vincent's. Justin, though, with his size and his lack of just like off the edge speed, I see him getting his shot at like defensive tackle or you know, three, four defensive end. I don't he's not gonna be a, uh, athletic enough to just play the edge. I mean Obviously, this guy's probably not going to make the roster, but he—I think he's going to get his shot more inside than outside. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Bobby. He's probably going to be an interior defensive lineman. I had that same observation, same thing written written down. Which, to be honest, I this is what I think kind of like the depth chart is for our interior defensive line. We have our core three: Williams, Lawrence, and Dalvin Tomlinson, plus BJ Hill. McIntosh is still on the team, and that free agent we signed from Tennessee. But Bobby, I mean, if one of those guys goes down, you know, a hypothetical crazy world, uh, you have a Nico. Nico may make this roster if one of those guys does go down. I mean, you never know. So, also a long snapper. His first two clips from his highlight ta- from his highlight tape. I think it was the highlight tape that either the school or, or he put out from himself. It was him practicing long snaps. So I don't I don't know if he was a long snapper at Dartmouth, but he was practicing long snaps. Justin, and he is he is a long snapper. Justin, are you saying that we got another guy that is practicing snapping the ball? 
<laughs> Add him to the competition. Six foot five, two seventy. Listen, might be a little underweight, but Nick Lalos, you are officially in the center battle. All right. All right. All right. Let's move on. Two guys left. I feel like we're just like finishing up like an era. Out of Central Methodist NAIA school, five foot 11, 185 pounds, cornerback. I was expecting, like, okay, small school. Maybe he's not that, he's not NFL, but at least I'll get to watch him dominate small school stuff, Justin. He didn't do anything for me. I mean, he plays smart, I guess, but, you know, he played some press, man. He doesn't flash any athleticism. I mean, I saw him like, get a touchdown thrown over him. I, I don't know what was seen in this guy to bring him in. There's nothing inspires me about Malcolm Elmore. Like nothing at all. Like I'm not gonna even make a tweet about him. <laughs> the funny thing is, is first of all, if you look up a picture of this dude, he actually looks like he's my age. Like a lot of these guys, like, okay, this guy, even though he is like a senior in college or he's a junior in college, and they may be like 21, 22 years old, they look like grown men. Malcolm Elmore actually looks like he's my age and he looks like he's my acquaintance, which Okay, doesn't necessarily mean you're a bad football player, but Hart All-Conference second team. He was, not to totally crap on you, Elmore, but you're playing at a small school, and you didn't even make, like, your All-Conference first team. You made your All-Conference second team. But let's let's get into some fun things. Let's get into some stats. He played in all 11 games, durability, Dave Gettleman, plus, recorded 58 tackles, including two for loss, 58 tackles in 11 games as, as a defensive back. That's a plus. Team high, four interceptions, returned for 144 yards. Bobby, that's an average, and if you're doing the number, if you're doing the math at home, that's an average of 36 yards per return. So that's a plus. The dude's a playmaker. Bobby's going to be a stud. Shut your mouth. Shut your mouth, because you're you, you feel like you're going <laughs> to... This is minimizing what we're going to do next. Last on the list, Justin, but certainly not least for me. Now, I was finishing up all my stuff. I'd finish up Malcolm, Malcolm Elmore, and then I got into like schedule release time. And I was like, dang it, I didn't get to Chris Angelo. And I was like, all right, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll go through him real quick. But I was a little uninspired after watching Malcolm Elmore and, and Nico Lelos out of small schools. I'm like, oh, another small school guy, whatever. So like, let me get this done. Let me, you know, spend 30 minutes or so on this guy. Out of Hampton, a one AA FCS school, six foot two, 190 pound cornerback, Chris Angulo. Justin. <laughs> I didn't think I was gonna have a guy this year out of this class. He's my guy. Probably won't make the team, but watch my man during the preseason. Watch him. He's gonna make plays. Justin, he was at he he played for Cincy for four years, never got any like real playing time, and he transferred to Hampton. Um, you know, he can't play high school ball in Tampa. And he had 14 pass breakups, of like three interceptions. I mean, he was just like a pass breakup king. It was unbelievable to see his ball skills. He's fast. He's very twitchy. He's got good ball skills, tons of PDs. He, like, he's, he, sometimes he'll just spike the ball like a volleyball. It's kind of funny to watch, even though it's like, hey, man, why don't you try and <laughs> – yeah, I did see that. Why don't you try and get two <laughs> hands on him? And he likes to hit. And not only does he like to hit, he puts – he'll lick a hit. He'll lick a hit on a dude. And he'll talk trash after. And I love that out of guys. Justin, Chris Angulo, am I predicting this guy to make the roster? No. But I will say this guy should get a shot on the practice squad. And he will make a play in the preseason. I'm calling it right now. Chris Angelo will make an interception in the preseason. Yeah, if there was one thing, I guess, that was missing from this offseason, obviously we acquired James Bradbury, but with the loss of Jenkins, you know, you needed to fill that void. But the one thing that we were missing is getting like another outside corner. 
and Angulo is really the the piece that completes the puzzle that is this giant secondary Bobby Skinner. He's six, like you said, he's six two. He's a bigger cornerback. The ball skills was the main thing that I saw. Like ball skills, ball skills, ball skills. Uh, even sometimes when he could have gotten two hands on it, I actually have down. He just he just like slaps at the ball, and it's funny. Um, he was listen. I was listening to an interview that he did when he was talking about at his pro day how he wanted to show off his athleticism because he's a bigger corner. He wanted to show that he was athletic, and you even kind of match that with your observations because of his speed and his straight line speed. You saw that show up on the film. Uh, now, Bobby, I know people are big fans of Ballantyne. You're you're kind of not a big fan of Ballantyne, but you're a fan of Ballantyne. I'm a fan you're a of fan Ballantyne. Of you're a fan. Okay, so I can call you a fan and not and not feel like I'm putting words in your mouth. I'm not. I'm just not like just the biggest fan of those guys. I would not be surprised if Joe Judge makes the decision if this guy shows enough and if he makes enough plays that one of those guys is gone. I would not be surprised. Different coaching staff. Who's to say they can't make the decision? I get that, and we can it'd be like the 2018 safety position. Um, you know, cutting Adams and Thompson to keep Curtis Riley. Uh, Amen. But insanity. Let's go. Definition of insanity. Let's go. Let's you, do it again. You got Baker and Bradbury who are will be on the team, and then Julian Love is kind of a, a corner. Darnay Holmes. So let's let's just say Julian Love is slotted at safety. You got three corners. Corey Ballantyne should be on the team, and he should get a chance as a backup on the outside. He's like he showed enough in the preseason, and as much as like he got picked on in the slot, sometimes he was better than Grant Haley. Uh, and there was like there was some positive stuff to see from Corey Ballantyne. Sam Beal, I'm not very high on, and the fact, you know, pair that with some injuries, although he, he had some moments towards the end of the year. I don't know, man. I, I'm not I'm not going to – like I said, this these episodes aren't about roster prediction. I don't see Beal not being on the team because of this guy. And Ballantyne, I will guarantee he won't be on the, not on the team because of this guy. I'm just feeling crazy. Schedule's coming out. I'm just feeling crazy, Bobby. <laughs> I like it. I like it. All right, Justin. That wraps up our 2020 draft coverage, which is a lot of fun. I mean, it's been, what, about seven straight weeks, Justin? I mean, every single day for the last, like, eight weeks, we have been, you know, looking at prospects. And it's tiring, but it's all worth it because you guys, like, show us that support, and it's it's a lot of fun. Now, I will probably take, like, a week and a half off of just not looking at any players, although we'll be watching some film stuff. There's something that – there's a project we're working on. Um, but I just I'm just taking a week off week like at least a week and a half off of just watching players. Although we do plan to do like an early look at the 2021 draft where we look at like the top 15 prospects or something, especially like with lack of topics with this quarantine. But let's give you guys a little look ahead into the next few weeks. So one, we haven't done a voicemail in two months because of the draft coverage. So Tuesday, we are having a voicemail and mailbag question. Feel free to do either one. We'll put out a tweet on on Monday afternoon for you to reply for mailbag questions. But if you want to leave the voicemail, you got something on your mind, do it now. The number is 732-443-0862. And don't ask me to repeat it because you could literally just press the 15-second back button on the podcast app. And then on Friday, we will be doing another like Talking Giants crew episode where me and Danny will do half and Justin Anthony will do half. And then the next uh, Tuesday, we will have an interview. I won't say who it is because I just don't say interviews until they're finally recorded. And then we're... Do we even know who it is yet? I have an idea of who it is. It's just a matter of getting it done. Um, okay. We will have an interview regardless, though. I guarantee that. And then the Friday after that... 
we're going to do, we're going to get the two lazy topics out of the way on one episode. We're going to do an early 53-man roster prediction and a look at the 2021 free agents. We'll probably come, now I'm not saying this for you, we'll probably come back the next Tuesday with another interview, and then maybe that's when we'll do our look at the 2021 top draft prospects. So we're going to be putting out stuff. Just because we're in quarantine and you know there's not OTAs or minicamp, we are going to be putting out just as much content. We're going to keep doing our thing. Thank you guys so much for like doing this draft stuff. I know the draft ended literally over two weeks ago, but it's wrapping up for us. You guys have been super supportive. You've been awesome. It's been it's been fun. This is some of my most fun time of the year for me. I love looking at these undrafted free agents. I think it's one, it's like no one else does it, but two, it's like I just love learning about these guys. And you know what? When you're watching the preseason and Christian Angelo Angulo makes a play, you'll have something to talk about. You'll be like you'll be able to drop some knowledge on whoever you're watching preseason games with, and you're gonna feel really smart. So we appreciate you guys. Yeah, take credit like you owned it. Take credit like you had the take. You should, I mean, though. You listen if us. you listen to these episodes, <laughs> one, you're a nutcase and we love you. But if you were willing to listen to an hour of an episode of a Giants podcast at this time of the year, then th- it is your take because you're doing research by doing that. Also, uh, last plug, uh, keep an eye on the YouTube uh, you know, the podcast, you know, we're going to try to keep things uh, nice and exciting on the podcast as much as we can without the news. But some things we have planned on the YouTube, I have like a, a, a weekly series or a twice a week series that I'm going to try as hard as I can to do like every single week. It's going to involve like Giants history and Giants players, and it's going to involve some fun stuff there. And also, uh, we have like we have a little project that we're planning on revolving how in the world is this defense going to work in 2020 with Patrick Graham. That could be something that could be coming to the YouTube as well. So keep an eye on that. Uh, I think the YouTube is going to be a lot of fun because it's going to be a lot of in-depth stuff, but it's also going to be a lot of visuals um, as well, which that's that's useful and that's fun. So keep an eye out for that too if you, if you, if you don't know much about it. Also, thanks to going to battle with us against the losers and haters, of which there are many. All right, we'll see you guys on Tuesday. Until then, let's go Big Blue.